Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Merit Shop Messenger podcast. My name is Stephen Lewis, Director of Governance and Leadership with ABC National. Today, we'll be interviewing Carol Bowen, Chief Lobbyist for ABC of Florida and Vice President of Government Affairs for the Florida East Coast Chapter. Carol will share how ABC of Florida and the Florida East Coast Chapter are adapting their tactics for promoting and defending our members' interests and preparing to make a big impact in the 2020 election. Carol, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I want to get right into it. First question, uh, you begin inviting legislators to interact with members via Zoom. How has that worked out for you? Any advice for those looking to connect with their elected officials virtually? So I would say in Florida, circumstances gave us the first opportunity. Um, and from that, we've kind of utilized it to evolve our conversations with elected officials. And, and what does that mean? Um, our legislative session at the state ended March 13th. On March 16th, um, we started to talk about shutting things down and kind of moving into that state home world. So our initial conversations immediately to our local officials and building departments and state officials was to make sure the discussion of construction being deemed essential was taking place. Um, And those conversations were frequent and multiple during the day. And thankfully, through the leadership of Miami-Dade County's mayor and Governor DeSantis and many of our friends, starting from the federal government, of course, with the Department of Homeland Security, we were deemed essential. So Our initial interactions and invitations to elected officials were to have key people come to us either in writing to our legislative committee or board or jump on a quick conference call. Our first efforts were conference calls before we moved to Zoom. And the conversation was, what do you need to see from us on the job site that you're not seeing so that we can stay open? And it gave them an opportunity to say, here's the complaints, you know, we're hearing, how do we work around it? And it gave our industry the opportunity to say what's realistic or not realistic with construction. So, so that's where kind of that frenzied approach first started. Mm -hmm. And the benefit, if there is one to this pandemic is it's not an ordinance, it's not a bill, it's not a legislative issue where lines in the sand are drawn and you have to take a position Everybody wanted the economy to keep going on some level, and and we were in it together. So we engaged with Democrats and Republicans, whomever we needed to speak with, and they were more than willing to jump on because they needed to tell us what was happening in real real time and and how we could all work together. Um, So that's how it started. Uh, About a month later, we moved into, for the legislative committee down in South Florida, um, the Southeast Florida chapter we went into Zoom calls and then we invited officials to jump on the call and to say, um, for us to thank them for keeping us open, for them to give us an update on how things are looking and and move the discussion forward to now how do we stay moving forward in a a good, healthy way, both to drive the economy, but then also to keep the sites open. And, um, you know, that's been a productive conversation, too, uh, because we know forward looking that public works are going to be something we need to hang our hat on. But we also have officials very willing to hear from us on things the government needs to do to incentivize private development to keep going. 
So that's kind of a big full spectrum of where our conversation started and where they are now. But I can right. tell you that everybody we spoke to was receptive. We received some, you know, some feedback, some thank you letters and writing. Some people jumped on calls. Some people, you know, would, would, would call our members directly. But the level of engagement, I think, was high. And I wouldn't be afraid, if you haven't done it, to start doing it. Absolutely. And did, do you feel that the recommendations that you and your membership were making to the elected officials were, were taken and the policy that they came out of it? I mean, that's a really good question. I do think um, one of one of the things that I'm constantly reminded of, but also often forget, if that makes sense, is that people, unless you're in construction, do not understand the industry. And many of our regulators at all levels of government come from no uh, no construction background, of course, but but let up maybe not even a business background. So when the only thing operating in South Florida was the agriculture industry and construction, it gave us a little vacuum to sit down with officials and say, this is how it actually works. This is how this operates. So if you're telling us we have to do X, Y, Z on a job site, understand there may be 800 workers, you know, coming on and off that job site over the course of a couple of days, given the size and the scope. And so some of what you're asking is completely, you know, not feasible. Um, right. And, but here's what we can do and here's what we can recommend. And through some of those conversations, Stephen, we had member companies who were willing to have their safety personnel jump on calls with elected officials to talk things out. And Fair that enough. was amazing because, you know, officials, they may not even realize we have safety professionals on hand. And right. it was just I think there's a lot of. Um, willingness from the industry to engage with officials on this topic. And I think there is a lot of willingness to hear. And it was never, we want you to do this. ABC says no, you know, sides are drawn. It was like, okay, if this isn't feasible, why? And, and do you have recommendations? Right. Great information to have. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so let's move into some logistical questions when it comes to setting up these interviews. Uh, did you have to limit the number of participants that were involved with the the virtual call? So if we're talking about, and, and I should have probably said this from the beginning, a lot of what I'm sharing with you comes specifically from my interaction with the Southeast Florida chapter, but that's also understandable given that it was Miami-Dade County in that chapter's region that really set the tone for the state for how things were going to operate. So the experience is there. We then shared with the other four chapters in the state and, and we're seeing a variety of things implemented. But to your initial question for the East Coast chapter and many other chapters, the interactions with officials are being conducted through standing committees like the legislative committees or the chapter boards of directors. So okay. that interaction is naturally limited by members. Um, okay. And, so, and how many participants on each of those calls would you say average for each of those calls did you have? I would say um, average of, you know, between 15 and 18 members. Per... And it was manageable. Oh, absolutely. And I say Great. absolutely because it was me managing the call and my experience with Zoom is it, <laughs> minimal at best. Great. And how did you filter or screen the questions that uh, the folks that were on the line were asking? Um, I would kind of, 
like many of our, our chapter staff and chapter leadership across the country are probably well versed in doing is would would through kind of my lead in manage the discussion. So thanking the official for joining us, reiterating why they were joining us. It was either a thank you, whatever it might be. And then I would kick it off to the official and I'd say, can you give us an update on X? Or, right. you know, what 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 are the current needs from the industry? And so they're giving it. And then once they're done, I would kind of phrase the initial question and answer section. And, and then it was just a matter of, I would mute all the lines and ask people via the chat function to let me know if they had a question. And then I would go in order until we ran out of time for questions. And that was explained at the beginning. And then I would unmute that individual as it was time for them. And then of course the guest, you know, unmuting them as well. Okay. Okay. Great. And so any other advice that you would give to chapters that are interested in setting up this type of meeting with an elected official that they can't meet in person with as of now? I would say jump in. Um, Don't be afraid to do it. And there's no better opportunity, as strange as that sounds. I know that ABC National and the chapters do a really good job of trying to find things like site tours or, um, you know, legislative initiatives where we want to engage and get in front of our officials. Those, those on their own can be logistical nightmares, as you know. But in this pandemic, in this world of COVID-19, even if you're looking at our medical experts, at the end of the day, none of us really knows. We're, we're, doing, we're all doing the best we can. And there's um, just such a tremendous opportunity to sit down and say, what do we need to be doing? How can we be working together? What do you need to see from us? And, it, and it's um, a non-combative um, avenue or arena to speak in. And it really gives every chapter the opportunity to highlight things like that, you know, members have safety professional on staff, that you have um, experts within your memberships in different areas, that we can be an information resource to them as they're setting regulations, that we can help yes. them explain, you know, how the industry works. So on the on the most basic level, there's really no time like the present and not everybody's going to take you up on it. But it's really been a fantastic opportunity to speak to folks who, who might otherwise not necessarily be receptive to the invitation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So shifting gears just a little bit, uh, we know that it's an important election year um, to quote several folks before me, the most important election of our lifetime. Uh, <laughs> And you guys are going to start fundraising, probably already have started fundraising. What's the plan for doing this virtually? Sure. So, and a good question. If we're talking about the statewide association, ABC of Florida is a little bit different in that we're really just, we really just exist for legislative and political efforts. So there are two um, events identified every year that are major fundraisers for the state association political committees. One's already taken place, thankfully, that was the legislative conference in Tallahassee. The second one is our state convention and legislative planning conference. And right now that's scheduled to go ahead. Um, We've done a member survey, there's still interest in it. And so the revenue from that event goes to raise for the political committee, right? Because there's two types of raising and we need to raise for us so that we can cut checks for others. Um, From a chapter level, I can tell you, again, for the Florida East Coast chapter, we have pivoted for the for the chapter pack 
from maybe kind of events that would have drawn in big dollars or from asking certain companies for that, you know, um, big check contribution to virtual emails and virtual messaging and asking folks to consider contributing 50 to $100. Um, the current chairman of the board for the East Coast chapter has just been such a cheerleader that, that situations like we currently find ourselves in or why associations exist from the mm -hmm. educational support we can offer to our engagement with officials to keep us opening. And so he's given us some great quotes and interviews that he's letting us use on virtual fundraising efforts. And we just started that for the chapter pack recently. Um, and um, it's, you know, it's slow going, but the, the requested amounts are smaller. And I, you know, I think, I think that there's some interest there and some promise there. Um, other than that, for the federal fundraising, the chapter does, there's always the dues checkoff um, for mm -hmm. FEA. And then we start our annual raising for PAC in January. So we are nearly at, our, at the chapter goal for PAC. Um, and whatever we had raised that we would normally have contributed for FEA is going directly to the chapter. But I, I think in the next month or so, if you're talking about FEA, there's going to be a nice little vacuum of opportunity for businesses to engage um, in, in corporate contributions where personal may be less comfortable. I think the personal contributions mm -hmm. are going to be hard. People don't know what mm -hmm. the next couple of months look like, but they know that at right. some point they want the economy to bounce back. And so whether it's your chapter pack or FEA, I think pushing those business contributions, even if they're a smaller right. denomination, it's going to be where that, possible success rate exists. Absolutely. And have you adjusted your goals at all with everything going we on? We haven't. Um, goals are goals for a reason, right? And and while it seems like this world and this year has already been a year, it's only been a couple of months. And yes. um, it, Florida specifically had a very healthy market for construction. Um, it was booming. We are entering hurricane season. So again, 2020 continues to be mm -hmm. a blast. But um, in speaking with our members, their current workload has not slowed. The backlog, right. the backlog hasn't necessarily slowed yet, but it's gone a little quiet. So I think mm -hmm. we're going to see um, hopefully some good news, you know, just around the end of summer that can help us still hit the goals we initially set. We're just kind of easing back right. into it now and we'll see where we hit. You know, Florida is always a coveted swing state in presidential election years. Uh, can you give us a little bit of insight on how you see this year's events impacting the election in Florida? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, right. You said at the beginning that that 2020 is going to be the most important election cycle. And I feel like the weight of our world, the last few election cycles, you know, have have earned that recognition. But um it's a different 2020 is a different year on many levels and for many reasons, but I just think that it's creating an opportunity for some very um, honest discussions about construction and the role that we play, not just in the state, but in the nation. Um, we, in many parts of the country, but certainly in Florida, were deemed essential, but we were deemed essential for a reason. And that should never be overshadowed. It's not just what we build, but what we maintain and what we service. And so the hospitals that are necessary and the government buildings and our infrastructure 
our work can't shut down because the use of those industries doesn't shut down. Um, and it's the beauty of candidate screenings and candidate engagement is you can share that message um, and you can explain to them the, the reach um, and the impact of what we build and, and what we do. But then also construction, we, it would be insensitive not to identify with what's going on on a social level right now. I mean, our world and our country is in upheaval. Um, people are scared both on the personal, but then also for their professional. What are they going to do to provide for their family? Um, what jobs are going to be out there? And construction is a fantastic industry because with few exceptions, there are many ways that it can be welcoming for people from all demographics, all backgrounds, all regions. And if we are an industry that's going to continue to be deemed essential and we're going to come back, we're going to need help. I mean, this pandemic for certain exacerbated our skilled worker shortage. If this virus impacts people 65 and older to the, you know, to the most extreme, 50% of our industry in Florida is over the age of 50. So those folks probably mm-hmm. aren't reporting for work. Um, and we had a shortage to begin with. So let's work together candidates and let's work together elected officials and have an honest discussion about the benefit of construction for many, not just, you know, when it's a fun soundbite, but through a pandemic and through kind of social readjustments. How can we help? How can we work together without you dictating the rules to us, but understanding that we are here to help? And I think that's what the screening process in the election should be about for ABC. Right, right, absolutely. And I know that you guys historically have had an extensive ground game uh, in election years and getting out the vote. Uh, What's your plan to get involved in this year's election, given the challenges that are presented by social distancing? So for ABC of Florida, we've worked very closely with Senate and House leadership to make sure we have on our target list the key races that, um, you know, that leadership has identified as either being critical to hold or being critical to pick up because it's an open seat. And so just from the kind of an outlook, we, we know what those seats are, we've identified them. But then from the, you know, a get out the vote grassroots effort, it has to be electronic. It has to be texting. It has to be, you know, making sure like national does that we're giving them um, indoor, the list of endorsed candidates or palm cards and paycheck stuffers, um, doing any voter guides from the industry that we can have on our website, you know, making sure that folks have access to scorecards and, and what that means. Um, the more that we can educate our industry on, on who has always been in their corner and who we think will be moving forward electronically, um, the more that we can educate them leading up to it. But then I think just because there's going to be poss- possibly a lot of increase in mail, you know, mail and voters, um, we have to mm-hmm. adjust our outreach timeline and back it up a little bit, right? right? We've, we've got to, we got to right. make sure we're hitting them earlier than we normally would. And so kind of getting through candidate screenings and getting that information out there as soon as possible is going to be key. That's great advice. And Carol, anything else that you'd like to share with chapters as, as we embark on the 2020 election? I mean, you know, my opinion for whatever it's worth, I think that um, candidate screenings on any level, federal, state, or local, 
are absolutely the opportunity to make your first impression with an elected official. What we have seen over the years is um, they don't have their walls up yet. They, they haven't taken their sides yet as they're meeting, not to the fullest extent, right? They're, they're more open to engaging and discussing and, and having conversations. Um, and that it's critical to have that now because whoever gets elected you've already met them and name recognition and, you know, comfort level and understanding of who you represent starts with that interview. Um, but I would say also oftentimes, and we all do it, it's very easy to say, well, this person's the front runner, let's just wait and endorse them or, you know, let's wait till after the primary. And sometimes you have to do it, but I'll tell you primaries are, are often where many local races are determined. Um, and, you right. know, the sooner you can get engaged and the sooner you can begin communicating with people, the better. They may not agree with you and you may not endorse them, but you've made that first point of contact. And if that individual gets elected into office, um, you've, you've set the groundwork of your openness and your willingness to speak to anybody, regardless of political affiliation or, or viewpoint on the industry. And I think that goes a long way down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. Carol, thank you so much for joining us today. I certainly Thank appreciate you, Stephen. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, thanks to ABC National. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Merit Shop Messenger podcast. We hope that you found today's interview informational. If you have any comments or suggestions for future podcasts, please email us at meritshopmessenger at abc.org. We are always looking for great stories and best practices to share with all ABC chapter staff that will help in serving our membership. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Merit Shop Messenger wherever you get your podcasts. Please stay safe and healthy, and thank you for all that you do for our members and to support Merit Shop Construction.